0: is now on standby.
1: And now, Coco Enterprises presents How to Talk to Your Advisor with Drew Coco and Tom Shook. To get us started, here's John Hendricks.
0: Well, guys, are we going to pick my brain again and see how uh, I buy and sell things? We're going to analyze
1: you. We're going to do a little bit of an experiment
2: right now to Uh to kick this one off. So obviously, folks listening can't uh, can't see what we're doing here in studio, but um, I have... I have a few things here on the desk. I have a $10 bill, I have a $20 bill, and I have a coin. Okay. Now, I'm going to give you two options, John. You can have this $10 bill, free and clear, just for being you. You don't have to do anything else. Okay. Or you can flip this coin. If you get heads, you get 20. If you get tails, you get nothing. What would you like? Hmm.
0: I'll take the 10. Okay.
2: There's your $10. All right. Congratulations. Yeah. Okay. Right. So now let's do this again. Bear. Okay. <laughs> Here, I'm just going to give you $10. All right. You can have that. All right. And then um, I'm also going to give you this coin okay. with that $10. Yeah. Now you can flip it. If you get heads, I give you another $10. Okay. If you flip it and get tails, you have to give me back the $10. All right. Or you can just keep the
1: $10. I'm likely going to keep the 10 bucks, but I'm going to flip just to play the game. All right. Let's do it. Here we go. It's
2: it's heads. You get another ten dollars. Congratulations! Wow. You got twenty dollars.
0: Now, does this happen on the big boards? Does this
2: happen in in your investments? Well, sort of. It, I mean, what what you just dis, what you just displayed is
3: that you you chose the ten dollars twice, and that's that's an example of what we call uh, status quo bias, which is right. basically just the preference for maintaining like the, the current state of affairs, and uh, or like you know put put, it, put another way, it's like it's like mental inertia. It's like we've already made one decision. We don't want to stop the train and like go back and reanalyze and make make another decision. That's right. So so it's called sta- status quo bias. And just as a quick side note from last week, we also displayed loss aversion bias which, uh,
2: by picking the ten. <laughs> but that's uh, that was the last. And week like here. we said, we're just continuing our series on yeah. behavioral finance, behavioral economics, and how it applies so, to investing. So what did I prove here by flipping the coin? You proved that you want wanted to maintain the status quo. So initially, you wanted just the ten dollars, which is mm-hmm. what most folks do. Burn the hand to in the bush. Uh-huh. Um, when we reframed it dif- differently, um, you still went for the $10, even though um, the choices changed. Mm-hmm. We reversed the situation, but you still went for keeping the $10. Now, obviously you mentioned that you flipped the coin just for fun, but your gut was telling you, let's yes. just let's just stay Good with point. the 10. Right? Yeah. 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 So, so it, like Tom said, this is, a, you know, it's all stems from loss aversion. That's kind of the backbone of behavioral finance. And, and people mm-hmm. are reluctant to give up what they already have. You know, you don't want no. to take candy away from a baby. We all know this. And this behavior fits how people approach losses differently, and losses are certainly a big part of finance. Right, right. And so with, with status quo bias, it's, it's, it's all around. I mean, everybody knows what the status quo means, um,
3: but when we look at it like psychologically, the status quo bias is is all around us, and it, there's a lot of implications in finance. So for instance, one of the, the biggest things that they found with uh, employer-sponsored uh, 401k plans, or just 401k plans, because there's no other type, uh, right. <laughs> is that with uh, but before, like when that, when employees were given the option to sign up for their employer-sponsored 401k plan, only about 20 to 35% actually opted to, to sign up for the retirement plan. However, when a uh, something called automatic enrollment was enacted, whereas that just as soon as you sign up with a company, you're automatically enrolled in the 401k plan, all of a sudden participation in 401k plans jumped to 85%. So, and what that basically displayed is that the option to do nothing is what the option that most people preferred. So some people actually like mm-hmm. read their documents. you're like, you know what? I actually don't want to participate in the 401k plan. But for the most part, if the if the option was the option to do nothing um, was the one that was most likely chosen, whether it was participate in the 401k plan or not, it didn't really matter what that option was if uh, if if it fell under the the guidelines of you don't have to do anything most likely that is the one that most people chose. And that's an example of the status quo
2: bias. That's right. It's The status quo is basically our brain's annoying tendency to, to, to tell us to do nothing, even when making a change is in our mm. benefit. I mean, think about it. Is it the fantasy yeah. version of ourselves, we like adventure. We like trying new things. We like ordering new things on, on the menu, but our subconscious says, no way. Let's just mm. continue doing what we're doing. It's familiar. We don't want to overcome the friction. Even if it is a good choice. Yeah. And there's there's a, you know, they, they can break it down like really
3: scientifically, but um, Daniel Kahneman and uh, uh, um, was it Alex Traversky? Is that, uh, yeah. I, I forget his first name, but uh, Kahneman and Traversky, they've done a ton of studies on this and they actually wrote a book mm-hmm. called, uh, or Daniel Kahneman actually wrote the book called Thinking Fast and Slow. And, uh, Al, you know, he, he spends a lot of time talking about status quo bias and basically, Um, he talks about how the the mind has two systems, system one and system two. And system one is kind of like the one that makes quick decisions. It's the one, you know, if if you're like operating on like autopilot, as people say, that's kind of the system one is the one making those decisions. But when those decisions become more complicated and become more involved, that's when system two kicks in. And with status quo bias is that a lot of times, or at least in uh, Daniel's book, is that it takes uh, a certain amount of stress to get that system two to kick in. And so what, what status quo bias does, is if, if, the, uh, if the option to do nothing is easier, most of the time that's what people choose because the mind is somewhat resistant to have to engage that system too. Something that complicates status quo bias further is that if, if the second, you know, the, the, the amount of options. So if you're given one choice that's simple, you're already doing it. And then the second choice is complicated and there's lots of options. The likelihood that you're going to even consider the second choice goes way down. Whereas, if the second choice is one option, it's very clear—you know—the benefits and the—you uh, know—the cons are are clearly stated. There's probably a higher percentage that you'd choose it if it's a simpler option. But if the second option becomes more complicated, the option of like you 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 know overcoming the status quo bias goes goes way down. Right. So so having to overcome the inertia of like actually doing something. And then, if the uh, second opinion is like you
2: know ex- extremely complicated, most people just choose what they've already you know what's already set before. Our, our brains are saying, "Don't just do something; stand there." Exactly, you know, basically, <laughs> basically, what's going on? It, I mean, and it's, it, it's in the evidence. Um, there's a compelling case um, when it has you know when examining organ donors in Austria and in Denmark, uh, 99% of Austrians are registered as organ donors on their driver's license. Now, only four percent are in Denmark. Now, is there an inherent difference in in how they they approach the issue? The the key difference is Austrians in their system are automatically enrolled to donate, whereas as in Denmark, they have to physically opt out. So it's just one of those things that if I have to do anything, Mm -hmm. I'm just not gonna do it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's pretty mind blowing. Like what the, uh, what the choices are and like what you just elect to do
3: with, if, if the option is you don't have to do anything. Right. Um, it's, it's pretty staggering. So, so a status quo bias is, uh, is, um, you know, is something that we, that, that's all around us and has been implemented in a variety of, uh, you know, like policies so that people right. make, you know, either make good decisions or bad decisions. And sometimes people like politicians make those choices for people with like the 401Ks if we decide that you're automatically, we're assuming that contributing to a 401k is in the best decision because most people are just going to elect whichever option they don't have to be right. paid I don't have to for. think about
2: it. Let's yeah, just yeah, exactly. Whatever. So right. I mean, really, how does this how does it impact investors? There's many case studies, many examples in psychology that can demonstrate this, but we're we're talking about investment. Um, the biggest thing we see is when it comes to to trading, and when a lot of people adopt a buy and hold strategy. Um, even if they have underperforming investments that ought to be changed. Now, I'm just going to um, note there's nothing inherently wrong with the buy and hold strategy. It can be completely appropriate for some individuals and it is, but adopting a buy and hold strategy only because it's easier to do nothing and not have to think about losing investments is not a good reason to do it. Yeah. And we, we see a lot of this, especially with inherited stocks. If you inherit
3: a stock from a from a grandparent. Uh, or a parent um, after they passed away, a lot of people will hold on to that stock because they're you know they're familiar with it. They have some emotion emotional attachment, like it reminds them of uh, of their loved one or something like that. Even though that stock may be completely inappropriate for whatever they're invested in right now. Now we've seen some people that really like picking stocks and they have, hold some like really aggressive stocks in their portfolio, and those stocks get inherited. But people they don't want to sell them because they have that familiarity with them. They don't want to. They don't want us to, you know, they they have a certain amount of resistance for selling
2: it and then trying to pick something that's more appropriate for their portfolio. That's right. So yeah, we'll take a little break and we come back. We'll talk about some strategies how to overcome this bias.
0: Explore the winter wonderland with Whitefish Marine Snowmobile Tours. As the chilly season sets in, it's time to gear up for some exciting adventures with your family. Whitefish Marine and RV offers guided snowmobile tours that are suitable for all ages. Visit snowmobilewhitefish.com for rates and availability or purchase gift cards for that perfect Christmas gift. Hurry though, spots are filling up quick. Don't forget to schedule your boat or RV winter service upgrade too. Whitefish Marine and RV provides a wide range of services from thumping audio to solar panels. No job is too big or small for our experts. Give us a buzz at 406-862-8594 to book your slot. Whitefish Marine and RV located at the intersection of Highway 93 and 40 for endless year-round fun. This is Hannah from the Flathead Youth Home celebrating our fifth annual Giving Trees hosted by the Corwin Auto Group of Kalispell. The Flathead Youth Home is a safe place to land for kids whose lives have turned upside down. Imagine the look on their faces when they experience this Christmas that you made possible. Please stop by Corwin Motors and Corwin Honda through Christmas Eve to select an ornament from one of the Giving Trees or make a cash donation and become part of the Flathead Youth Home's very Merry Christmas. And thanks again to the Corwin Auto Group Merry Christmas.
1: Thank you for joining us for Cocoa Enterprises. How to talk to your advisor.
0: Oh, it's too early for that. (laughs) I had other plans and, uh, well, you know what? I think I'm just going to, I want to go back and do it the right way. Would you guys mind? Hmm?
1: Let's return to how to talk with your advisor with Drew Cocoa and Tom Shook.
3: Okay, so we've been talking about the uh, the status quo bias, and we just went through a lot of examples on on what it is and how it impacts investors. And so now we're going to talk about some ways uh, to uh, to overcome that that, that that bias. Yeah,
2: and it's this is something along with all these other cognitive and emotional biases. They're inherent in us, whether we realize it or not. But I, I can tell you. Utility companies, insurance companies, retirement plan sponsors—they all understand yeah. the psychology between right. a, um, you know this, this this behavior. So it's good to be aware of it. And one of the first things. Um, you do to overcome this particular status quo bias is look at the downside of your investments. Train yourself to actually look at why they might not be good. It's easy to seek confirmation on why you own a certain investment and it's not fun to to look at reasons on why it might be bad. We tend to ignore uh, those kind of things. But by training yourself to do this helps you overcome the friction necessary to expose any opportunity costs that might have been missed.
3: Yeah, and then the second one is to to embrace the. uh, Discomfort. Like a lot of times, especially when you like, I remember my first job, they, you know, I went into human resources and they're like explaining, like, Four hundred and one K plans and insurance and cafeteria plans and it was it was kind of overwhelming and like you want to just be like this option this option this option that leave, but uh, the the second option is you, you embrace the discomfort. You know you're probably going to have to roll up your sleeves. You're probably going to have to like read uh, through the paperwork and it's probably you know if, if if you're into it great. But if you're not into it, it's going to be a little you know, a little dry, a little boring. But just embrace the discomfort because you're going to have to kind of read into those decisions, find out what they are, and make the best one for right.
2: you. Try reversing the situation, kind of like the game we played a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say you're offered a job um, in a different city that pays $10,000 more, but you obviously have to move to the new city. You'd probably say, no, I kind of like where I'm at. But then ask yourself, would you pay $10,000 to stay in the city that you're in? So what you're doing is you're training your mind to see what it's like on the other side. You're overcoming that friction and you're <laughs> assessing it and saying, is that really a good deal? Well, let's look at this further. And that's a good way to approach investments as well. Yeah. And <clears throat> another, another uh, strategy for overcoming this is to slow down
3: a little bit. Often, uh, we if we make decisions quickly, you're more likely to make the decision that you've already gone with. So if uh, if you want to overcome the status quo bias, you know, the best thing is to slow down, think about it, spend some time, maybe step away from it and come back to it. Because a lot of times, if you're going to be subject to the status quo bias, you're most likely to be it when you make a
2: quick, um, hasty decision. Right. And kind of on that note, too, narrow down the number of, uh, of decisions you have to make there are tons of different investment decisions out there and it can be overwhelming. Um, and a lot of times you just say, ah, eh, I'll just st- stick with what I'm what I'm at that. But if you break down the decisions, you filter it and you narrow it down to a few good ones that meet your criteria, that's a lot better than just sitting there and doing nothing. And better yet, um, talk to your advisor if you don't have one. Um, they're the ones that uh, help you make decisions based on your strategy um, instead of you doing it for yourself.
3: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Getting, getting a, a second or third opinion about the decisions that you make or even just talking about you know, tacking out loud with your, your spouse or a friend or something like that would probably help a lot. Absolutely. Accountability.
2: Yeah. So that's, uh, that's status quo bias. Yeah. Oh, that's all we have for you today, John. Yeah. All right.
1: Thank you for joining us for Cocoa Enterprises: How to Talk to Your Advisor. We'll be here next Thursday at 1245. If you missed some or you'd like to share it with friends, find today's and past shows on our Facebook page or online at kgez.com. Now it's twice as nice. 600 KGEZ is now on translator K243CM Kalispell. High atop Lone Pine at 96.5 FM. KGEZ!